Welcome to the St. James Parish Podcast. Enjoy sermons, lectures, and special presentations from St. James Episcopal Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. Curious about what else St. James has to offer? Visit our website, linked in the show notes, to learn more. Where do I even begin? I have on many occasions thought this to myself, and maybe you have too. Like when trying to respond to a difficult question like, why do people do stupid things? I ask that question a lot. Or maybe staring at an an endless to-do list with little time to accomplish it all. Or when sitting down to finally start writing on a difficult subject and staring blankly at the flashing cursor on the screen. Where do I even begin? Sometimes I feel that question deep within my bones. When trying to find answers to a problem that feels so much more than I can handle in the moment, and sometimes even greater than my capacity to change. It's like like staring down an endless tunnel of challenges with what seems like no end in sight or looking up a steep, rocky mountain with a peak that seems too high to reach. Some challenges can feel so daunting, so impossible, that we, I, can easily shift from asking, where do I even begin, to saying, there's no point in even trying. Many, if not all of us, have watched and listened with despair at all that is happening in the world around us right now. From challenges far and those that are near, with the constant churn of headlines and updates that bring these challenges straight to our phones in real time and far faster than we can process. The ongoing war in Ukraine, this latest terrible conflict besieging the Holy Land, even the continued scourge of gun violence in our own country. And from so many of the conversations and comments I've heard over these past weeks, I have heard a a consistent struggle with what can we do and where to begin. Sometimes feeling like there is nothing we can do at all. Last Sunday, in our faith discussions class, we talked about the conflict in the Holy Land, culminating with this question. What, as Christians, as Episcopalians, as people of St. James in Wilmington, North Carolina, what can we do in the face of all of this? What can we do How can we respond? Where do we even begin? So much was said in our short discussion, but most, if not all of which, could be 
placed into two overarching categories. The first, pray. For us as Christians, reaching out to God in prayer is always where it begins and ends, not as a last resort, not in place of action, but as a first and most important act of its own. The same sentiment was shared even in a gathering of clergy uh, just this past week with the former dean of Canterbury Cathedral, Robert Willis, who was here in Wilmington speaking to us at St. Paul's, and he reminded us, and yes, even us as clergy gathered together, reminded us that prayer is the thing, is what grounds us and is what feeds us. It is always where we can and should begin and even begin every day. Pray, no matter how helpless you may feel or how difficult, daunting, or impossible a task may seem. Pray for an end to hate, violence, and terror. Pray for progress towards justice, reconciliation, and peace. Even in the face of daunting challenges, these prayers are never in vain. And not only do we hold on to hope that it will affect change in our world, it will affect change in other people, but in the process of praying for God to change others, wonderfully, amazingly, God also changes us. Because when we come before God in humility and in sincere prayer, we are reoriented toward God, regardless of the position where we start. We are reoriented toward God and God's desires for us and God's will for us and for the whole world. Through prayer, we can perceive more and more as God perceives. And like the saints who have come before us, and who we will celebrate on All Saints Day this week and next Sunday, we open ourselves to live our lives anchored by the greatest commandments of all, those first most important commandments upon which all other commandments, the law and the prophets, all depend, and where we should always begin, no matter how daunting or impossible the challenge before us may seem. When pressed, which commandment is the greatest? By a lawyer, of course, testing Jesus. Jesus replies, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Many of you know those words by heart, and we return to these words of Jesus so often for good reason. They're at the core, the core of what it means to be a follower of Jesus and to live following the example of Jesus, to love God not just with our feelings, 
not just with our intellect, not just in our gut, but with our whole selves, to love our neighbors wherever and however we may encounter them, however much or little they may look or think like us, however much or little we like them, we are to love them just as much as we love God and just as much as we love ourselves. A double commandment that is really one commandment in two parts because to truly love God is to love neighbor and to truly love neighbor is to love God. A kind of love that cannot be reduced just to feelings alone because if it were, could we ever really say we love our enemies? But a command to love, regardless of how we may feel in the moment, a commitment, a practice of goodwill towards another, to care for our neighbors just as we care for ourselves and those that we love dearly, closely by us, to see that others, even those we may consider enemies, are equally created in the image of God and have inherent dignity which we promise in baptism to respect. To be so filled with the love of God that it even pours out of us into our love of self and neighbors of every kind. So it won't surprise you then that as several of us gathered together last week, and as we discussed, how can we possibly respond as Christians, as Episcopalians, as members of St. James in Wilmington, North Carolina, to this conflict in the Holy Land, to just try to answer, where even do we begin? All the answers could be broadly summed up as this, with prayer and with love. To open ourselves to God in prayer and to reach out to our neighbors with love. From these two important and interconnected actions, you may not always find all the answers. You may not always know how or why such problems of our world began or how they will end, at least in our lifetimes. And in the face of the world's greatest and gravest challenges, a commitment to love and prayer may seem too idealistic to be a realistic solution. But you will know where to begin and upon which everything else depends. The path to follow to the very end, the only true path toward reconciliation and peace, the path that is paved with prayer and with love from beginning to end. When we, and as we, lament the pain and suffering around the world, both far and near, and as we lament those painful moments in our own lives, not if, but when, 
they do occur, we can wonder, where is God at work in all of this? Even as we pray and trust God is present and God is working beyond even what we can see and know in the midst of conflicts and grief and pain and everything, where can we see a glimpse of God's action in these times? The answer is the same now as it was when Jesus spoke these words we hear from Matthew. When we love God with all our heart and soul and mind and love our neighbors as ourselves. Just as God saved all of us once and for all through the perfect sacrificial love of Jesus Christ on the cross and in the resurrection, God is visibly at work in our acts of sacrificial love, where we give of our time and energy, even at risk to ourselves, to promote justice, to work for reconciliation, to care directly for the other, to save life. In the words of our ancient Monday Thursday hymn, Ubi Caritas, where charity and love are, God is there. Christ's love has gathered us into one. Let us rejoice and be pleased in him. Let us fear and let us love the living God. And may we love each other with a sincere heart. Where charity and love are, God is there. As we are gathered into one body, beware lest we be divided in mind. Let evil impulses stop. Let controversy cease. May Christ our God be in our midst. Where charity and love are, God is there. And may we with the saints also see thy face in glory, O Christ our God, the joy that is immense and good unto the ages through infinite ages. Amen.